Welcome back to the Human Touch Podcast. Got my man Tommy here tonight. We're talking about social development, episode five. Tommy, it's been it's been a bit, but guess what? We're back on the track. How are we doing tonight? Oh, I'm excellent, sir. Uh, I've been waiting on this night for a while now, and I know we talked back and forth about getting it going, and uh, now seems a good time, so I'm pretty pumped. Let's do it. Now, we're going to talk about a couple articles tonight, and our first article comes from lifehack.org, always reliable. 25 questions that help you understand yourself and your true potential by Chrissy Brady. Tommy, our first question is, are you an introvert and extrovert? And I want you to expound on that from the anthropological view and a perspective in terms of what people might be struggling as we have been through unprecedented times. Of course, man. Um, so what we're looking at is um, maybe uh, a couple different ways to solidify uh actually improving social skills and improving social development or using social skills to improve your social development and increase your social development. So I think here on for this episode, we, we sort of wanted to take a, a, a two-fold approach to it. And the first being understanding yourself and, and what your true potential is. And the second, once you've got a firm grasp on, on a way to improve that, then to uh, use a few tips from our other source to improve, specifically improve your social skills uh, where in places you might miss opportunities, maybe we can offer um, a few ways to not miss those here uh, at the Human Touch. So let's dig into lifehack.org. Um, you know, we're we're wrapped up in our lives every day, and we get wrapped up in the in the day to day processes and the and the patterns that we get into, the obligations, the distractions. Um, sometimes you you lose uh, you know who you are and how you got where you are. Um, and that's kind of where this article comes in. And this is kind of what we wanted to focus on uh, today at the Human Touch. Um, finding that way back to who you are. And this article lays out 25 questions. I don't think we really needed to touch all of them just for time's sake. So we picked the ones that we liked. That sound about right, Kevin? Awesome. All right. So uh, number one on the uh, on the list of these questions. One, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And I wanted to break that down a little bit uh, for not only myself, but for the audience as well. Um, because I think each one of these will approach um, knowing who you are a different way and your success rates will be better if you understand, you know, where you lie in this question. So are you an introvert or an extrovert? Let's start with an extrovert. Um, and a basic look at being an extrovert is uh, someone who draws their life energy from, from the outside world, um, from other people, uh, from places and the things around them. Some of their traits uh, are interesting. The, they're, they're usually for the most part, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, enjoy working in groups. Um, always ready to try something new and they're more action-based than, than a ponderer. Uh, they don't, they're, they're more go-getters. Go um, extroverts have no problem expressing themselves. They make friends easily, uh, never meet a stranger sort of thing. Uh, and now on uh, to the introvert or to introversion. Um, their energy comes from within. Uh, they're, they consider things very carefully. They are ponderers. They're very analytical. Uh, they prefer to avoid conflict, although it doesn't mean that they would run from it. Visualizing and creating. Um, and they're natural listeners. Uh, one thing the article left out that I would like to add personally is that there's also uh, a mix of those two somewhere or someone that's kind of in the middle. And those are ambiverts. 
Uh, and they're, like I say, they're, they're between introversion and extroversion. They have traits from both. And again, I think the important part of understanding this question and, and answering it becomes part of, becomes knowing that part of who you are. Uh, are you more, you know, to yourself and need more alone time like an introvert? Um, are you comfortable anywhere? Could you adapt easily? Are you always up for a challenge like an extrovert? Or sometimes do you have both? Um, I think knowing these things is a good foundation to start in knowing who you are as a person. Don't you think, Kevin? Let's get right into it. What are the top five words that describe your personality? Well, let's look at this. I'll take this one here. We'll kind of rotate the questions. If you think about introvert, right, you think within. You think intrinsic, right, the internal conflicts of life. You're more reserved, the more stereotypical words. We're trying to break that here in the human touch. Instead of just saying reserved, believe it or not, let's say outgoing with emotion, right? You're more connected with your feelings as an introvert, whereas an extrovert, maybe you're not connected with your emotions as much. As you're more outgoing, your emotions are more scattered brain. And extroverts on the same side, you would think, oh, well, maybe they're outgoing, they're wild, they're crazy. But instead of saying, oh, wild, crazy, all this fun stuff, how about we say instead they're looking for adventure, right? Trying to use these terms, I think, are just more respectable, but also more educational and more scholarly. Sure. If, we, if we just say outgoing, I mean, that just can mean anything, right? You could be outgoing at a party, but you might be in a social environment where you don't have that. That's kind of foreshadowing because let's say you, you're in an environment where you got a med tank, you're outgoing. You got to, you got to control that, right? You can't just go out there and be a wild man. You got to control that. Whereas an introvert, if they're out in a party, yeah, they may not be the most talkative, but the advantage is you can find things. And we'll talk about that special word one day, that a word, but right now it's, it's not there. But the point is you have social situations and personality traits that are going to suit each other and sometimes can cross uh, cross curriculum, I like to say. You can cross paths. And when you cross paths, it puts you to who you really will be. So if you're outgoing or you want to be more inspiring with emotions, then you you got to learn a little bit of what it's like to be an introvert by studying people, right? Participant observation. I know it's an anthropolo anthropology world, but participant observation is key man and i think that's the key with personality it's always going to be from within but if you can always learn from some other people then you're on the path i couldn't agree more um i, I think you're, you're dead on with that i like how you tied in the anthropology there sir 100%. um yeah um and, and under this question it says how like your 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 key personality traits to stay true to who you are um and and you uh, hear at the uh, at the ht we like to follow the kiss rule and keep it simple um, so here I wouldn't look any to start anyway. Uh, and this could be an ongoing thing, sort of like, you know, personal growth and development and never ends. Right. Um, this could be the same way. Um, start easy, start simple, aim small, miss small. Um, I'm agreeable. I'm disagreeable. You know, I'm a, I'm a happy person. I'm, you know, I'm more of a negative person. Um, I like to joke. I, I don't like to kid around. I'm serious all the time. Simple things like that to get going and start setting, the, the, setting up who you are and starting on the inside of working your way out. That's really it. I mean, it, it's, uh, I like how they put this up near the top of the list as well. It makes sense, you know, because you, you, writing all these things down and, and making those refrigerator lists of these, of these answers, it, it's just, it's just a layout, like a skeletal map of, of who you are as a person. And then you just learn to play off those, those traits that you already have 
and and start charming people, man. Yeah, no, that's it. Charming people sometimes can work in both directions. It doesn't have to be just because the extrovert is the charmer. It can be the introvert, right? Yeah. With the, with the yeah. sudden with the sudden hint. Yeah. Uh, but for the purpose, you know, let's move on to question number four. And I think this is the most important question in my in my thing here on the list. Because are you comfortable with taking risks? And man, risk taking is it can be talked about from risk management side. And the personal side, Tommy, talk to us through, uh, here through the anthropological side, what risk-taking really means and how both sides can sometimes be comfortable or not comfortable. What makes the difference? It's the number, sir. It goes, it goes to the odds. Um, That's right. Um, after, after careful thinking, uh, thinking about these things about, okay, so, um, you know, we're living here in this area and, and, you know, we don't have an abundant supply of food, but, you know, we have enough to, to, to not, you know, starve. So we were thinking about venturing out and expanding our territory out to the west side where we haven't really, you know, navigated yet and seen what's over there. But the word is, is that the food's like triple what it is here because there's not that many other people and it's not that well known. That's a risk, right? Not only a risk for you yourself, but everyone that's around you and everyone you're responsible for, correct? Right, and I think risk, risks sometimes they come with rewards, they say, but they also come with consequences. And you got to think about it. risks are, are different in this time of the world. We're not living in a world where you may want to take a risk because of what's going on in this world. But think about right. what, can you, what can you do within to take the risk, right? Instead of just zoning out the outside world and saying, blaming it on them, how about you blame intrinsic your intrinsic factor, right? Maybe there's something you did on that day that makes you a better person. And you learn from it, and then you, you have more data and analytics on what you can do to get the risk working. I think that's you important, know, the odds and yeah. analytics, like you talked about this time. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And you just touched on something as well that got my mind turning. Um, there is some sort of beauty in making mistakes, if that makes any sense. Right. Um, because those, you know, I know how much work you put into this, and I can only speak for myself and the amount that I put into it. But part of and I, and I know we've probably talked about it in episodes previous to this where you know you plan for something not working out the way you wanted it to or you plan for uh failures then that's already incorporated into the pdp right so i think risk kind of fall under that same category um you know it's it's all about amount the, the percentage of successes versus the the percentage of failures you know and if if you can come out on the positive side, on the gain side of that, then maybe sometimes it's worth taking a risk. No, it you know, is. But, and I think that I think that it, uh, what it boils down to is being wise enough and and knowing yourself well enough to know which side this risk is going to fall on. You know, the success side or the failure side. And either way, no matter which way it falls, the experience of it and the amount of wisdom you can gain from making a mistake and failing is immeasurable. I think that's the most important thing, right? You can't set a goal on a risk if you never took the risk in the first place. Yeah. But you can always learn from the goal and the risk if you actually did it in the first place. Right. I, yeah, I think that's that's a, a good way to move another segue here. For the purpose here, it just kind of combines some questions. Uh, five, we're just going to pass. That's just a loan or a busy environment. We talked about the social settings a little bit with number three in terms of the environment. So we'll skip that one. 
But six and seven, this is a good combo. We've talked about strengths and weaknesses in season one, Tommy. What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Define some for both an introvert and an extrovert in your, your lamest terms from anthropological approach and, of course, what's going on in the world. Yes, sir. Um, so if we look at it from from number one question, are you an introvert or an extrovert? So if you chose introvert, um, uh, number six, your strengths is your your vision and your creativity and and your ability to analyze things. And I think you're the type of person that's going to make those long-term numbers come into effect. You know, you're the type of person that's going to analyze it, not just for the short term, short term, but for the long term as well. And, and, and again, I think we had an episode on, on forward thinking. That's, I think that's an introvert. Uh, an introvert is going to be more of the forward thinker than an extrovert will. And that's not nothing to say bad about extrovert, but we're just talking about what would a strength of an introvert be? And I think that forward thinking would be one of them. And if we flip it over and their strengths uh, to extroverts, that is to never, the, 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 the true extrovert never meets a stranger. Uh, they, they just, they have this thing about them uh, that they, they, they like being social. I mean, I don't know a better word for it. You know, they like having people around them. They like to be, you know, telling a story or being involved in a story, laughing all the time, you know, uh, they're more out, you know, they're more, like I say, they draw their energy from things around them. Um, now, as far as weaknesses go, um, you know, introverts have always been tagged as being shy and, and, and they pull away, you know, they don't interject themselves, you know, as much as they should in Smith, but uh, there's, there has to be a little bit of truth. To, you know, they say extroverts are loud and boisterous and, you know, very expressive. Um, that of an introvert is just a little, you know, not not really to to you know take the lead when it's time to take the lead, and not to say that that that's everyone or every person or that's a trait that follows every everybody. It isn't, but we're being specific, right? So uh, if, if if there could be a weakness, that could be one, and of course weaknesses of extroverts could be um, overbearing, um, you know, a little too boisterous, uh, too expressive. Um, you know, honestly, uh, and I think what I'm about to say could apply to any number of these suggestions for you to get to know yourself. One thing that it doesn't say on here, uh, that I think should be a rule. Uh, one thing that I think could benefit someone in knowing who they are and improving their greatly, and that would be knowing how to read a room. I think that that's very important. Um, regardless yeah, awareness. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. Knowing how to read a room. You know, um, I think that's very important. And, I, and, and I'm going to put a thumbtack on that, and we'll get back to that reading a room when we go to our second source. So anyway, um, we, we, we discussed in detail. Uh, we, I think we had a show dedicated to each of these topics. One show was just on strengths. Um, and some of the, I think we went into ways to, like, um, use some of your strengths to build up some of your weaknesses, you know, and then... Seven, we also had a show on on weaknesses and how to build weaknesses up and turn them into strengths. You know, so maybe here we're more looking to go back to some of that, those refrigerator lists of, our, of where we listed our strengths and weaknesses. And I think in our show, we were really aimed small, miss small about it. It's about one to three. You know, but of course, going back and, and following up on these things, then maybe we could add to that list now because it's been a little while, right? Of course. And, and maybe if we've grown some from those lists and the work we've put into it, we can add some more, scratch off some, hopefully, 
you know, it's like the, the start doing and stop doing list we talked about with this. Anyway, um, that's strengths and weaknesses. Now you summed it up, man. I don't really have much to add. I think, I think the thing with the weaknesses, right, is don't let that be the burn of your situational awareness, right? Everything you do is situational awareness. And if you let one weakness overtake your life or you let one weakness right now be the burden of your existence, as some people say, you're just going to hurt yourself for our next question here. And that is, are you motivated by the competition? Listen, the competition, I'm going to take this one, is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because the competition can either be A, the competition, the other people out there in the world, or B, it's your own self. Right? Are you, let's say, the version A today, or are you going to be better version B tomorrow? You're always competing against yourself to be better. For an introvert, that's every day, right? I mean, yeah, you got something because sometimes when introverts, we forgot to mention, is overthinking. Right? When you're when you're so reserved right. and you're trying to pull away, you think about well, what about the reaction for this. You're calculated, you're analytical. Whereas if you're an extrovert, you're more living, right? You're more living by the seat. You know what what yeah. what what competition, right? I can I can just blast those people. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I can blast myself every day. And I think that's the great thing about this question is there's no right answer. What's your thoughts, Tommy, on this one? Um, I like how it, it, it says define your what your ideal competition slash, col- collab- slash collaboration formula is for optimal productivity. So it sort of refines, you know, the big number nine, are you motivated by competition, is, is really one question when, you know, the, the, the small statement under it kind of is more – pinpointed to a certain thing you know it's, it's selective it says uh define your i what your ideal competition slash collaboration formula is for optimal productivity so it, it asks you the straight up hard question are you motivated yes or no do you know the competition you know make you hungry to do better or is it more challenging and and daunting um and and that's going to be a different answer for everybody and again depending on number one question you approach it in your strategic way um now the second part of this um for some people i think it'll be competition and for those who you know are more it's more daunting i think the collaboration might work better introverts it's going to be hard either way you know probably sometimes for for ambiverts as well to do a collaboration most days no problem some days just don't want to be around people you know um but either way yeah you know we talked about the way things are now how things are different you know, here in the moment in, in, you know, November of 2021. Um, the ability to be able to work on our own, not so much the the model uh, business, the normal culturally accepted business model of working nine to five in an office or in a building where we all get together and, and, and we all work with the same company and, and do our own individual jobs, you know, as a collective. Now, it's sort of been moved to that plus people can, you know, telecommute or people can, you know, work from home and manage themselves in their own times without not really the constraints, but you know what I mean? Um, the, the old ways of doing things have kind of shifted a little. Um, so just, I'm just throwing that out there. Change is the only constant in life. Yeah. No, that's, that's it, man. I mean, if you don't adapt and, you know what the old saying is, if you don't adapt, someone will adapt for you. But yeah. I feel like it should be, if you don't adapt, 
so, someone something in your brain will adapt for you and you'll never see it coming but that, that that's another topic maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll reserve that another day when we get more into the middle of this episode uh but anyway let's move on to the next road here 12 do you embrace rules or rebel against them and i think it's a Interesting question, Tommy. Oh, we're going to skip 10, and that's just the content. What are your favorite movies, books, shows? We kind of understand that. And I, I think for 12, the embrace rules are available. Let me take this one here. I don't think there's a correct answer. You know, if, if you think about it, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, even 30 years ago, when technology was very low, it was just building up to become the next best thing, the greatest show on earth, as I like to say. You could probably yeah. rebel against them. You have to make a good argument. But at the same time, in today's day and age, you could do both and get away with it. And here's why I say that. If you rebel against them, that's fine because you can find your own path. Or if you embrace them, you can, you can stay on the same path and eventually you can turn off the rebel. I think it's interchangeable. And I think both parties, introvert, extrovert, ambivert, all three actually can – really make a case that you can do both and sometimes you can do both at the same time <laughs> it's funny you say that right you let's say you're going to a, a grocery store and you want to cut in line okay you cut in line you rebuild against the rules but sometimes the person is so chill they're like well you know what you just cut in line i'm just gonna embrace it you know so there's, there's certain situations where, where it goes back to the competition sometimes the competition works in your favor the other people work in your favor Let's not go with it. What's your thoughts on this? That's just a simple example on how we can expand on this question. It's a good question. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, um, I think I think you're right. And I'm going to agree with you on um, all three can make an argument that you can kind of sort of mix and match here. Um, cherry pick, so to speak. But it all as long as you're staying within the bounds of what's considered normal behavior, nothing goes deviant or dangerous or dysfunctional. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, traditionally speaking, and you're talking about technology going back 30 years, but let's look at uh, human behavior uh, going back 30 years or so. Um, as it as it sits in front of me, do you embrace the rules or rebel against them? Uh, of course, my mind is going to say embrace the rules, introvert. Rebel against them, introvert. And someone is the ambivalent that embraces the rules when it benefits them and then breaks them when they can get gain out of that as well. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I don't, I don't think it works that way anymore because, again, we're sort of off the path of that normal, traditional thing we had going, you know, up until 2020, so to speak. So yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I'll go say I think you're right. I think that now, um, are are being able to be done, uh, not only behavior wise but um, future wise. You know, um, and more things are accepted, whereas before they wouldn't have been. I think there's nothing wrong with accepting them now, man, because that's what society is built on, innovating and pushing the needle. Let's move on a little bit, though, for time's sakes. 13s, are you a morning or night person? I'm going to let you guys answer that on your own. 14, you can kind of go. 15, same thing. You can kind of see in the article. For the sake of time here, let's so skip over to 16. Now, this is an important one, man. It's going to be a couple minutes here. Do you say yes or no too much? And I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. I took the lead on the last one. Go for it, man. What do you think? Well, I think that if you're going to have an outstanding dynamic, you need to have honesty and truth to back it up. Um, 
saying yes to everything when sometimes the answer is really no, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. It might, it might leave a situation that's right in front of you at the moment, you know, uh, just to, to complete an, uh, uh, a conversation that you're uncomfortable with or something. You're, yeah, 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 I, I'm good. I got that. When you really don't, um, it'll smooth it over at the time. But in the long run, when it doesn't get done, it's going to come back to catch up with you. Um, and the article says saying yes to everything gives you a little time for what you truly want to do, which is they're approaching it more. I was thinking more in a business sense, and this is approaching it more in a social sense. And we also talked about this in previous episodes, you know, knowing when to say no, um, because then you stretch yourself too thin and you end up, you know, not showing up or whatever. Because you say yes too much, so that's a bad thing. Um, and of course, saying no all the time could cause you to miss out on some truly amazing parts of your life and, and amazing experiences you could have that could grow you as a person. Um, so, and that's why you want to know who you are. That's why you want to get to the bottom of of who you are and 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 what you're good at and what you can improve on to get those amazing experiences. Yeah, I man. I think, and I think this is the most important thing we just said there. Yes, yes and no, you're going to eventually know yourself. It goes back to that first question, right? When you understand yourself, and I think we said in season one, know thyself. If you know if you know yourself to be one way or the other, I'm not you can judge your own, right? Yes or no. Try to look at the other side, right? If you say yes all the time, well, what is it like saying no? And if you say no all the time, let me open up and say yes. And that way you have experience with both and you have a neutral playing field. Yeah, that'd be like taking that risk, wouldn't it? And see, that's why these questions all tie back together. Gotta love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. All right, seventeen. This is this is going to be another one that I think is going to be a little bit interesting. If money didn't exist, what would you be doing with your time? Now, I'll take this one. Here's the thing about introvert extrovert. You would think extroverted people would be, oh, let me blow my money. No financial security. What's financial literacy? Blah blah blah. Spend, spend, spend. But sometimes reckless spending when you're young, if you do it one or two times, obviously if you're not like that, it's great. But if you do it one or two times, it doesn't hurt you because eventually it's going to hit you in the face. And what's the old adage? You don't see anything until it actually hits you in the face. Right. Uh, something bliss. I think you said it one time. Uh, ignorance <laughs> is pure bliss. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. that's, uh, so uh, that's fine, right? If, 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 if money things, what would be if you want to blow it off, fine. But if it didn't exist, I think the most important thing here, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, is finding yourself, right? Finding ways to keep your day going. Knowledge is a double-edged sword. Too much of it, you might have a problem. You might go crazy. Too little of it, you don't know the world. Finding the balance, right? Going out in nature, doing things that are going to help your soul and spirit grow mentally is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommy, you want to give the introvert side, just give the extrovert side. What, it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, there's really no correct answer here if money than these. Yeah. It's really it's yeah. really abundance of imagination. Right. Yeah. And it's it's just all in different ways that people would would, would approach having a passion filled life. I mean, because that's really I think what this boils down to. You know, the question again is if money didn't exist, what would you be doing with your time? Um, so if you alleviate the 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 constant, you know weight on your shoulders of bills and you know the the constant you know running around and 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 
trying your best to scoop up as much money as possible for yourself. Take all that out of the equation. And uh, I think it would offer more life focus. And I think it would, it would offer more people ways to put more time and effort into what is their passions and what is it that they feel they want to give the most back to in life um, as to attaining that higher development, that higher social development. Um, and again, we've discussed these things in smaller parts in different episodes. All and they all of our episodes tie together, really, you know, in one way or another. And I think, existentially speaking, um, we've named a, a few different ways, uh, or, or a few different things that would be open to you if you've lost, or the money was taken away from you. If you loved hiking, you would hike. If you loved teaching, you'd be a teacher. You'd follow those pursuits where either the lack of money or the ability to make a lot of money play into your decisions on what you want to do with your life. So maybe without the without without money involved in it, then you would take more of a look at yourself and what it is that you find inspiring. And you could devote your time and your passions into finding ways to inspire others to do the same thing. I think it would take a lot of greed and a lot of um and a lot of position out of life. It would definitely restructure things, uh, to say the very least. There's nothing wrong with the restructure. I think, I think this is going to be a question that we'll need to expand further. But sure, like I said, let's move on to the next road chapter here. Are you patient or impatient, man? This is a uh, oh man, this is an interesting one, Tommy. Give, give me your side on this one, man, for from an anthropological approach. Just forget introvert and extrovert for a second. Sure, what sure, that sure, means? No what that means to to you there? Well, it's a it's one of those questions that you're going to have to take a hard look at yourself. And because honesty is as a requirement here, if not to anybody else, but to yourself, uh, knowing which one you are. If you're a person that can you know tolerate things longer, or if you're a person that gets you know flustered very easily, uh, very quickly, um, because either way you're going to have to deal with it. And either way, you're going to have to, like, you know, fashion your plans going forward to include one of these personality traits that you have. If not for anything else, but for success. Maybe attacking, you know, or, or taking on this patient and patient thing about yourself is something down the road. But I think for the time being, aim small, miss all, you know, accept, accept yourself for what you are and try to build up from there. Yeah, and I think patience or impatience is not really a term you want to associate with either. I mean, I just don't think we can really say there's a right answer to this because some of the most smartest people are the, some of the most impatient people and some of the most odd people in the world. Maybe you don't think is smart. You never met them in your life, but when you finally meet them, they're actually patient and willing to listen. Sure. sure. I, I, I just think you can use both of your strength, and it goes back to strength and weaknesses. Sometimes impatience works, right? If you need to get done time, and you got it's time for a game seven moment <laughs> to yeah, use right. sports term, right? You get backs against yeah. the wall. You got to yeah. be impatient. But yeah. sometimes, seven, what is that? Hey man, what is it? Is it seventh gear? Is that what it is? What's that? Seventh gear? No, I said game seven. No, I know, but we used to make a joke. You know, seventh seventh gear. We hit seventh gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you hit that seventh gear, man. You know, that yeah. seventh gear yeah. shifter needs to come into play. That seventh gear is. It's go time, human instinct, that sixth sense. 
By the way, that's a that's a good joke. I'm gonna leave it on that. That's a, that's a that's a good uh triple right there on the Richter scale. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, move on. 19 after the nice joke there by my man Tommy. Who makes you feel energized, inspired, and exhausted to play? I'll take the lead here. Yeah, I hate to say it, man, but this question sometimes can be interchanged. Right, one day you might be energized and inspired by waking up and seeing the sun, and the next day. You might be you might be exhausted and depleted by seeing that same sun go down. There's mm. no every day is different. I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Every day is different, right? If you're an extrovert and you and you're riled up by pure joy, right? You get that text message, that DM, that that FaceTime call, say, "Hey, we're going out tonight." That's great. The next day, you get that same call. I just don't feel like it. Same thing for yeah. an introvert, right? Yeah, well, I, that's your amp. That's kind of like you're describing the ambivert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're really that you're really putting a definition to someone who has traits of both qualities. You know, they kind of walk the middle road. No, no pun intended. Um, they they some days they're more you know one than the other. So that and again we we talked about adaptation and we've talked about being adaptive and being able to 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 you know play off the cuff so to speak and. With our discussion here and what we're talking about, um, I got to give the nod to the ambiverts on that one. I think they're equipped to go either way. Uh, and if situations change, you know, on a snap, I think they would be more equipped to handle it. Not to say nobody else could. That, that's, I, I don't want to even try to imply that everybody can handle it. But an ambivert, I think they're, they're equipped to, to, to be adaptive. Uh, it's of course the extroverts will because they they they're always ready for a new challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but I think let me let me get more specific about this question. Um, it says who makes you feel energized or inspired and exhausted and depleted. So really, the truth of this question is who in your life do you need to set boundaries for? Do you know you know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm looking more at the exhausted, depleted part because we have a positive and a negative in this sentence, right? Your positive being energized and inspired and your negative being exhausted and depleted. So, of course, I'm going to focus on the negative because that exhaustion and depletion is going to get in the way of us you know, doing what we got to do. You know what I mean? So I look at energized and inspired as a positive, as something that's going to help me. Not to say that those people don't need boundaries, too, because some could be quite eclectic. But I'm looking more at the exhausted and depleted. Um, or is there anyone in your life that's holding you back? Um, is there anyone in your life that, that is, is exhausting you and depleting you? Um, this would be a good way to set boundaries in those relationships. Um, is to do a refrigerator list of, you know, who keeps me on my path who, and who makes me want to be more myself in one list and you know who's exhausting me and who's you know not true or not not on the same path as me and all that's going to be you know at first difficult but in the end uh it's it's going to be important to your success no 100 percent, man i think there's no like i said there's no really right thing because sometimes the one thing that can deplete you right that one thing it's hard to get rid of Sure, and it take it takes inner soul searching 
to get to mm-hmm. that level. And I think that's a, not a great segue into this one. Do you take responsibility for mistakes? Man, I don't know how many times in this show we've talked about accountability, accountability, accountability. Yeah. I mean, we had episodes on. Accountability yeah. is the one trait that, in my opinion, I think we've said, actually, it's not even in my, we've said it on this show through a source, that it's not given. Sometimes it's not given. You just don't naturally get it. It's either you got it or you don't, right? Yeah. If you've always been in your life someone who takes responsibility for your actions and is always accountable and holds yourself to a great standard, you got it. If you don't have it, it takes a lot. You just can't see people and say, oh, I'm just going to be accountable one day. It takes years and years and years of experience to get there. What's your thought for both introvert and extrovert on how they take responsibility for a more respective approach? Um, I think this is this is that hard truth question out of all the questions. This is the one that I think will be the hardest for people to totally embrace to be honest about because you need to take responsibility for my mistake. But do you though? You know, do you really? I mean, especially the the ones that are very uncomfortable for you. You know, the ones that really really matter. Um, it's so much easier to say, you know, the one for so and so that this wouldn't happen. You know, when really you had the choice to do the right thing and you didn't. You know, so um, someone who really who wants to know themselves and someone who wants to understand what there's what what they can do to to better know themselves will eventually get to that point to where they are going to, you know, take responsibility for taking, for not taking responsibility. Uh, and they're going to have to change it. You know, it's like anything else in life. You know, you're not going to do it until you mean it. So this is one of those things where I think that, I think that it's really easy to blame other people, but, you know, in the end, you're not going to get very far with it. Uh, maybe stuck, um, I think. You know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as as mirroring or, or shadowing someone. You know, that the opposite of what we're talking about here. You know, that just being what you think everybody else wants you to be, and just ride, kind of ride this thing of of um, just this this wave of of blindness and and just total acceptability to do whatever you got to do. Um, uh, I think that it, when you're questioning on it, you wouldn't take responsibility for that either. You know, I was just being me. I was just trying to be creative, whatever. Um, I think the point being is that once you take responsibility and, and you learn from those mistakes that you made, um, and as your learning process grows, your having to take responsibility for mistakes will lessen. And eventually you got to forgive yourself. I made a mistake. It happened. This is what I learned from it. Let's move on. You know what I mean? No, you make a great point, man. And I think that's the thing. Mistakes happen. They're going to happen in the course of the process. What you do to rise to that process and learn and grow from what you expect, Mm -hmm. that's where you get the most gains and most rewarding feeling. The last two here we're going to combine. 23, what are you avoiding? And I guess you could say for what you are avoiding, 24, do you easily feel guilty? Let's do a double ender here. I'm going to give you the floor for this because you, you sent the article. What we got, my man? Introvert, extrovert approach on these last two questions. All right, got it. Um, uh, you avoiding. Um, I think one or two of the questions on this list might could fall under the answer for this one. You know what I mean? Because some people could be avoiding taking responsibility. You know, some people could be avoiding taking risks. Um, 
you know, there's any number of these would fall into that category. You know, I'm avoiding uh, identifying my weaknesses because I'm embarrassed of them. You know, um, I'm avoiding speaking up in, in business meetings because I think I want to say something ignorant or stupid, you know, and then missing your opportunity. Um, all right, so where were we? What are you avoiding? Okay, so, you know, and we, we, we're all guilty of pro procrastination. You know, we're all guilty of putting things off. But in order to know who you are, in order to grow and use the PDP, eventually you're going to have to, you know, look up and, and deal with, with what you're avoiding, just like we dealt with what are your weaknesses? You know, um, what are you doing, you know, to eliminate some of the things in your life that you're doing that, that prohibit you from growing as a person? This is one of those things. Um, you know, once, I think once you, I don't want to say step up, but, you know, once you, you know, come to terms with the fact that these things you are avoiding and this is why you're avoiding them, I think you'll feel a lot better once you, once you tackle that, those problems. Um, and and the, the upside of that being you won't be avoiding those things anymore, so a lot more things will get done and you'll be more productive. Um, and then you can move on to things that really matter to you, you know, these, avoid, these avoidances out of the way and the dealing with the fact that you're avoiding and, and, and being accountable for it. No, I think that's, I, yeah. I will say, and, and, that, and that's, that's any of the, any of the, um, either being introvert or extrovert. Um, sorry to cut you off there. I didn't mean to do that. Um, no, yeah. Um, of course, you know, an introvert is going to be very analytical about things like this, about what, what you're avoiding and why and how to face them and how to overcome them. Whereas, you know, of course, an extrovert will be different about it. They'll bang it out in conversation, deal with it openly and expressively, you know, and I guess what they have averted, depending on what day we're talking about, you know, depending on where they are that day. Um, fact of the matter is, it's just something we all have to deal with. We all procrastinate. We all have responsibilities that we need to do, but we avoid them um, because they make us feel uncomfortable or whatever reason that you have personally. Um, but we become wiser, better people. Uh, in the process, we're doing these things that make us uncomfortable and things that are hard to do. The more we do them, the easier they get. And the more that whole person that we're trying to be, the closer we get to that. I think it's well said, man. I don't really have much to add because if you think about it, everyone's going, like you said, everyone's going to feel guilty at some point. Yeah. And, and it's just how you handle that and how you handle what you are avoiding. And it goes back to accountability and tw question 21. What are those mistakes that are going to be made? And what are you avoiding in the moment that you can eventually learn from? But I think we've spent enough article, enough article time, enough runtime on this article, man. Any closing thoughts on this article, lifehack.org, before we send it to the next one? Yeah, this was one of the approaches that we wanted to use um, under the umbrella term of social development. Because without knowing who you are, you, you'll be stuck. You won't be able to socially develop. So this is one of those early stepping stones uh, sources that is going to give us a good foundation to move on and to build up more precise uh, methods of, of social development and how to improve socially. So this was important uh, to me. Um, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a foundation um, to, to being successful with a PDP and being successful in, in that personal growth and development. Well said, man. I think for this, for, 
my perspective as a host, it gave you a lot as a viewer to like about what you can do to improve and ask these questions. It doesn't have to be 25. Ask one or two a day to get you on another level. But let's move over to the May Bush article. We've definitely hit the time, but let's just try to summarize this up, man. Give us a little background on this May Bush article and the six tips to improve your social skills, and we'll go through some to wrap this up. All right, yeah. Um, May Bush, um, the article's entitled Six Tips to Improve Your Social Skills. And again, this is the part two to uh, social development for us. Um, a couple little quick tips, um, nothing in, really too in-depth. We, we put a lot of time into the first one, which I think was important. So this one we'll skim over, throw out some key ideas, and we're good to go. Um, the, really what it focuses on is, is building a network, a network that you can keep throughout your life that is, is always going to be there to help um, especially when things are tough, it will help you to learn, to grow, um, and to have more fun in your life. Um, but the important thing here is that uh, a network is, is, there's only really one way to get that great network. You can't buy it. You can't rent it. Uh, the only thing you can do is build it. Um, and at the base of, of building relationships is having those strong social skills. Uh, so intelligence has nothing to do with it. Um, and, and, and that's the problem without with not having good social skills is there's a good chance that you'll top out. As the article says, you'll top out before you were meant to. Um, it uses a good example of, of someone getting promoted uh, who is way less capable than you. Um, or the equivalent of being invited to the cool kids table at company dinners while you know, you're in the back with a paper plate, right? Um, so the, art of the, the author, of course, is May Bush um, or the May Bush consulate or the company um, came across an article uh, which is a dead link so I really like to go into that but here's the highlights of the article uh, six tips to improve your social skills um, these are the highlights and the takeaways of um, of that article and, and Kay if you want to bounce one one me one you one we'll do it that way if not I'll go through it quick and we'll be done let's bounce it buddy let's do it all right let's... so I'll do number one then is that cool? go for it. all right um, short on uh, we we went long on that first one, so let's get let's get it. Uh, number one, six tips to improve your social skills is and how you make them feel. Um, Maya Angelou was quoted as saying, "I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget." How you um, and that goes beyond how you look, which is a given. You want to look, you know, a certain presentable way. Um, what people notice first and foremost is how you make them feel in the first few seconds of meeting you. Um, and this plays back into our first article that we did. And that's knowing who you are and knowing, knowing what your strengths are and knowing what works for you and how to use it to charm. I mean, that's really, that's the bottom line. Uh, and I know that's a lot to ask, especially of introverts, but that's the way it goes. We don't make the rules here at the human touch podcast. We just find ways to make them easier. Um, so, yeah, in a business setting, it's crucial to, to, to get uh, the way you make people feel right. Um, and let's go on to number two. Uh, number two says get in early if you're shy. Uh, essentially what it says is when you get, when you get to, uh, like you made a commitment to go to a dinner or you, you, know, you made a commitment to, to, to go with a family member to uh, an event that they didn't have another person to go with them. Um, when you get there within the first 60 seconds of walking in the door, Walk up to somebody and introduce yourself. Just get it out of the way. That way, you'll have that burst and you'll 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 bust that shy bubble before you, it, you ever have a chance for it to expand and for you to get nervous. 
uh, on the business side that works as well. Um, you know, get in early shy. Uh, if you're, you know, we talked about it a second ago, you know, if you're in a business meeting and, and you don't want to say anything too early in the meeting because you don't want to sound dumb. Uh, so you sit there and you analyze what to say and you and you work up the courage to say it. Uh, but by the time you finally, you know, build up the courage to say somebody beats you to it and says the same point that you would have made. Um, and you, you spend the rest of the meeting beat yourself up and being partially invisible. Um, so the answer to that would be if even just to say hello or to introduce yourself to someone real quick, you've got your voice out there and you get it out of the way early. So you're getting in there early you know, and beating that shy, nervous thing before it can take hold. Uh, best thing to do is to press, is to get over it and press on. That, and that's tough to say. Uh, it sounds really bad, too, but, I mean, that's really true. Uh, number Okay, and, Kay, if you want to go. Yeah, let's do it, buddy. Let's do uh, three and four. I got this one. All take right. the lead, man. I mean, listen, when you take the lead on any situation, you're giving yourself that if there is an excuse in life, at least you took the lead, right? You're giving yourself that free pass to say, hey, at least I took the lead. I took action. I took charge. Instead of being a foul, you stiff or something, took that lone wolf approach. Sometimes taking that lead, being the wolf, sometimes you'll herd the, the people in, the sheep in. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Taking the lead, doing that extra charge, whether it be that pre-call, whether it be a meeting before you never even got there, whether it be during the meeting and say, hey, I'm making a stand. Or whether it be just you hanging out with your friends saying, hey, this isn't right. Whatever the situational awareness entails, invite the opportunity to take the lead. Let's go to four. Small talk is important. Listen, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but listen, there's countless conversations where small talk, if you don't have the proper small talk, you can never get to the big talk. right? If you don't have the proper small talk, how's your day? Understanding EQ, understanding the emotional intelligence of person. Hey, you're not feeling the best. What can we do for you? Uh, sometimes a, a little chit chat, as this article says, for May Bush here. A little chit chat, that small talk, sets you up for the promised land. And if you don't, if you don't do that small talk, then you get into these big ideas. And average minds, man, they they, they think they talk about people. Uh, what's it? Yeah, average minds tell people, and great minds talk about events. And then there's some other quote talks about legendary thoughts. And I think the key here is. Having that small talk puts you in that repertoire, a tool bed of conversation, social communication, drive your development, especially in meetings. But let's get to the number five and six, Tommy, feedback and learn to wrap it up. Your favorite. All right. Uh, yeah. Number five, get feedback. And again, this is one of those things that we have touched on in numerous episodes and not just feedback. Well, we, what, what did we call it before? That soft feedback. You know, that 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 sort of um, Linus is blue blanket feedback, you know, oh, no, you're doing great. You know, no, you need to go ask the people that will uncover your blind spots. Right. You need to go ask the people that you trust, like family members that will be brutally honest with you, because that's the only way you're ever going to grow. And I know we've, we've said this numerous times. At first, it's going to be hard to hear because that's that's an uncomfortability. And that's something that you want to deal with. Like, you know, that's maybe one of the things you're avoiding, you know. Um, is something that you're not doing too good at. Um, but getting that input from others, the true input, the, the true stuff uh, to learn how other people see you in your capacity. Um, it, 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 does, it does play to your own interest to know these things. Uh, if, if, if anything, to, 
to build your weaknesses, to to even bolster the strengths that you already have, to even you know even stronger strengths. Um, and a lot of times, I think that you'll hear things maybe you're not aware of, um, but everybody around you is. And and as hard as it is, knowing it is the first step of changing it, right? Uh, so yeah, that's getting feedback. Okay, so number six, learn to wrap up. Uh, and this is pretty self-explanatory if you've been following anything that we've been saying up to this point. Um, the article says part of having great social skills is knowing how to enter a conversation with ease and grace. But having got into that conversation, you don't want to get stuck there. As in talking to the same person at a conference or cocktail party for 40 minutes, you also need to know how to wrap things up in an elegant way. Okay, we put a thumbtack in an idea in our first article a minute ago. I want to unplug that thumbtack now. Okay. Um, this is exactly what I was saying a little while ago about knowing how to read a room. Um, and what I mean by that is listening to your gut instinct and knowing who you can approach and who's more affable, so to speak, and who's more up for conversation and knowing when going to the wrong person is, is a big waste of time and could hinder your success. I think that falls right into this learn to wrap up. Um, and I'll also add this. And again, I'm going to add something to the list. I know I added something to the, to the lifehack.org list that wasn't on there. And it might've been that read the room, but I want to add something to this one too. A good bridge for anyone to start a conversation with someone else. It's for, if you're the one trying to start a conversation, then ask the other person about themselves. People love to talk about themselves. That's just the way we are as human beings. It's not a dig. It's not me pointing out something in a, in a you know, in a comical way. Or, or I'm just saying that's how we are as human beings. We love to talk about ourselves and our experiences. That's why people are teachers, right? Um, but that's a good bridge to get a, a conversation started introduce myself. Hey, I'm Tommy. How's it going? You know, um, so what do you do for the company? And then if you're, if you do that little bit of prep work uh, that Kay was just talking about a minute ago um, and you've got a few topics lined up after they talk about what they did at the company, you're ready. You know, so do you enjoy what you do? I mean, what, what was your plans when you started here? Blah, blah. There's millions of ways to go with that, but getting people to, to talk about themselves is the easiest way to get them to open up and you can learn so much and build your confidence at the same time. So learn to wrap it up. Yeah. So learn to wrap it up. And not only learn to wrap it up, but do it with grace. You know, when when you feel like the conversation has is, is, is kind of hit that natural lull, that natural ending point, you know, you kind of reach this person's attention span limit. Um, all you got to do is say, hey, it's a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for chatting with me. And then turn and walk away. Nothing else needs to be said. You leave with grace. You ended it right on time. Um Smile when you do it, but disengage and walk away. And that's how you work the room, right? I think it's a great way to end it, man. I think wrapping things up, the closing session, it's hard, right? Closure is always going to be hard as humans, just not just about talking to yourself, right? It's hard to get to really feel closure unless you really experience it yourself. You can always hear about it, but you can only get the true experience if you actually be in the moment. Sometimes the past, while it's tough to swallow, it, it leads to futures and it leads to new open roads. 
sometimes that middle groundwork is needed. But Tom, this has been a heck of an episode. Sure. I, I mean, thank you to this article here by Maybush.com. Check her out. We'll post the links and, and whatnot in the show description. As always, guys, at the Human Touch Podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. The Human Touch. Gotta pull up the Instagram here. It's been a minute. I mean, it's been a minute on the Instagram, but it's Human Vision Touch at Human Vision Touch at Mr. Doc Kevin Touch at Philosopher Traveler on Instagram. If you want DM chat with Tommy. Tommy, your last message here, man, before we sign off to the fans. Yeah, put the work in, get it done. Learn, learn who you are. Learn how to how to be comfortable with yourself. Accept yourself. Um, learn what you're comfortable with and what you're not. Um, there's th- these little things that we can do every day, um, like. Worry about pleasing yourself and not everybody else. And who cares what how other people view you? Appreciate who you are and be confident with that. And learn to forgive yourself. I think those things are very important. If you can do those things, then you're on a solid road. To, you're on a solid road to being on the path. And and you'll have a harder time dipping off of it. You know, uh, if you're following these guidelines that we're giving you guys. And listen, as always, all the, both these sources will be in the, in the uh, link at the end of the show. And I think plus we had a couple of bonus sources uh, that we, we looked over for a while and decided not to use specifically in the show. Um, There are a couple of um, actually psychological approaches to social development. And they're both about, they're both pretty much based on Erickson's theories. So if anybody's interested, those will be in the, in the links as well. Um, they're both very interesting, but we wanted to take more of a middle of the road approach, uh, to this episode. So they'll be there if you guys want them again. I can't thank you guys enough for being here with us at the human touch podcast. We appreciate every one of you. And if anybody wants to reach out, KT gave you all of our information. I'll help anybody that I can. Thank you. That's it guys. Signing off. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to The Human Touch. If you like what you hear, drop us a review of the show on all podcast providers that provide reviews. Want to be a part of the show's community? Feel free to reach out to the show's Instagram or the host KT and Tommy in any of the previous episodes link descriptions. And we appreciate your support as a source of being the people's podcast.